Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an insect update from provincial entomologist John Gavlosky. Also, we'll take a look at this week's crop report with Dane Fraze. We'll hear from Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. And up first in today's country comment, Cap President Bill Campbell will stop by to talk about the extreme heat. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The extreme heat is causing concern for farmers. Bill Campbell is president of Keystone Agricultural Producers and also farms near Minto. We had about an inch of rain uh, there the the last weekend, and so that helped ensure some germination. And um, there were some crops seeded after that, but I've noticed a, a significant drying of even where the crops are, are uh, germinated and growing of the topsoil. Like, it, it's gotten to be extremely dry. Um, so how they handle the next little while, I think the next 7 to 10 days will dictate a significant um, portion or, or a, a direction in which our crop is going to go. Uh, if it's longer than 10 days without significant rainfall, um, we may be in serious trouble. But... Um, I've noticed here even in the last um, five days that our forage establishments are actually going backwards. Um, I have a hay field that uh, I spread fertilizer on and now looked at it and it's burning up and there's no grazing on it. And so our pastures are, there's limited regrowth, uh, limited resources left in the yard to feed the cattle. Uh, So it's, um, you know, I would say by the 15th of June will be very, very pivotal as to what what happens, especially in in the southwestern part of the province. And I believe that that's fairly general throughout the province. I know some areas received a bit more rain there last weekend, but but this uh, latest warm front that's going through is really uh, taking any moisture away that that was there. And so... uh, Uh, We have no reserve uh, for subsoil moisture, and so it's uh, troubling going ahead, but hopefully there is some thunder showers in in this warm weather, and hopefully we can can get some rain. That's that's what we need to uh, provide a solution to to our problems at this point in time. And what about that uh, that frost last week? Um, Did uh, did that create issues for pastures as well? Well, I think it would certainly have an impact on the alfalfa. I noticed some of it is, you know, kind of yellow on top. And in fact, we had some barley that was affected by it and haven't heard of widespread reseeding of canola in our area, but um, I haven't, I haven't gone outside of my bubble very much in the last uh, two, three weeks and, and that part. So I, you know, we, we've heard little bits of certain areas where reseeding was, you know, gen, I wouldn't say general, but it was happening. Um, but in this particular area, not too much, but it would impact the um, the growth of the crops. And, you know, my, my main concern is these forages and pastures. It's uh, extremely troubling right now. And when we see the temperature today and the low humidity and the wind and all of that part, it's, um, yeah, there's it's just taking all the moisture out of the plant. And, and it's going into a survival mode and, and not a growth mode. So it's, um, yeah, it's a concern. That was Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell. 
also farms near Minto. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. With the extreme heat this week, crops will need rain. Bill Campbell is president of Keystone Agricultural Producers and also farms near Minto. I've noticed a significant drying of even where the crops are, are uh, germinated and growing of the topsoil. Like it, it's gotten to be extremely dry. How they handle the next little while, I think the next seven to ten days will dictate a significant portion or, or a, a direction in which our crop is going to go. If it's longer than ten days without significant rainfall, um, we may be in serious trouble. He says the high heat and lack of moisture has caused crops to go into survival mode. Manitoba Agriculture says flea beetles are starting to feed more intensively, adding foliar applications of insecticides have occurred. Some insecticide applications have occurred for cutworms, but it seems to be limited to a few fields so far. Some wireworm damage to cereals was also reported this week. Young grasshoppers are being noticed, but hatch is in the early stages. Meanwhile, herbicide spraying has been challenging in the past week due to frost, and the extreme heat we're seeing now will also create some challenges. And yesterday, the federal government launched the consultation process for the next agricultural policy framework. Here's Ag Minister Marie-Claude Abibo. The current framework, the Canadian Agricultural Partnerships, runs until 2023. We need to focus now on our vision for the new framework so we can be ready to launch in less than two years' time. Consultations begin this month and will continue through to next spring. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, June 4th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie Claude Abibo. Yesterday, the federal government launched the consultation process for the next agricultural policy framework. Here is Agriculture Minister Marie Claude Bibo. Today, I am officially launching the consultations for the next agricultural policy framework. As many of you know, the framework is reviewed every five years with new priorities and a new agreement among the federal government, provinces, and territories. The current framework, the Canadian Agricultural Partnerships, runs until 2023. We need to focus now on our vision for the new framework so we can be ready to launch in less than two years' time. There's no question. The Canadian Agricultural Partnership gives us a strong foundation to build on. Backed by $3 billion in federal, provincial, territorial investments, CAP continues to deliver for the sector. For example, through cost-shared programs, we are working with Ontario farmers to improve water quality in the Lake Erie watershed. As well as the federal and cost-shared programs under CAP, we also support business risk management programs. We are working together on immediate reforms to agri-stability, as well as long-term reforms for the next framework. With the next policy framework, we want to build on this great work and develop a roadmap to achieving a vision of a sustainable agriculture sector. Firstly, to create a sustainable agriculture sector, we must double down on our efforts to speed up the adoption of more environmentally friendly practices and energy efficient technologies. We know that Canadian farmers take care of their land. 
It's their most precious asset, one which they want to safeguard for their children. They are on the front lines of climate change and are the first to feel its effects. Together with the provinces and territories, we need to be pulling in the same direction to help our farmers and processors to transition to new practices and technologies that not only protect the bottom line, but our entire planet. Second, secondly, we want to build a future that is economically sustainable. The next policy framework will need to address emerging challenges facing farmers and food processors by building stronger supply chains, which we saw seriously tested during the pandemic, better managing risks, which will continue to emerge as trade irritants persist and extreme climate events become more frequent. And thirdly, Sustainable agriculture must also address the social challenges, such as building public trust, maintaining the mental health of farmers, and including women and youth. That also means agri-food products will have to evolve to meet changing consumer demands for sustainability, because environmental solutions must be economic solutions as well. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. Yesterday, the federal government launched the consultation process for the next agricultural policy framework. <music> Joining us now is Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture to recap this week's crop reports. We did see a small jump in seeding progress last week. However, not as much as expected, given the fact that uh, we had fairly widespread frosts over much of Agri-Manitoba, spurring some reseeding in parts of the province, which kept that number a little bit lower than we would like. Talk a bit more about the frost event from last week and um, the impact that had. Frost was over all of Agri-Manitoba over the course of several nights last week. Uh, The lowest overnight temperatures were recorded in the northern interlake, reaching minus 8.9 at Narcisse for 11 hours on the 27th, and the warmest overnight, uh, conversely, was at Altona, where the coldest temperature was minus 0.1 for an hour on May 28th. Now, those frosts had varying impact uh, across the province, depending on where crop was emerged. So if the soils were a little bit warmer or a little bit more moisture earlier on, some of that crop had emerged sooner, and as a result, when the frost fell, those crops were more severely impacted. So we're seeing soybean and canola crops um, having impacted and, and may have to recede in parts of the north uh, eastern part of the province, around Bozuzer area, stretching north around Winnipeg, moving into Stonewall and Warren and that stretch. Overall, I guess, how are, how are crops looking? Overall, good, despite the, some of the challenging conditions we've had. We've had very dry soils for the most part. Rains two weeks ago helped replenish seed zone moisture to spur on germination. Um, if those crops that had germinated, many were saying that uh, they were about three to five days away from being injured by that frost. The crops were just hiding below the surface for canola for the most part. Um, so they were grateful that it didn't come any sooner. However, we are seeing crop development being delayed by the wide fluctuations in temperature. Normally, you would see the crop a little bit more advanced for late May, early June. However, really dry soils and cold temperatures uh, in the past had delayed growth. Uh, the uh, the heat uh, this week, um, any any concerns there, or I guess what's what's the impact of that? Uh, 
it may be a little early to tell. I know we are certainly going to be experiencing a heat wave, and that will stress crops. And stress crops don't respond particularly well to uh, growth, and nor do they respond well to herbicide applications that are needing to be done at this time. Um, so stressed crops and stressed weeds do not metabolize or uptake herbicide as well as they should, and in some cases weed control may be reduced. Studies in the States have shown that yields can be reduced for every day the crop spends above 30 degrees Celsius. However, that's typically when the crop is in the reproductive phase. Right now our crops are still very small, um, so any stresses they are likely to encounter shouldn't impact any yields, but they may struggle to uh, withstand the heat wave. We may see a fair bit of wilting, especially since crop root systems aren't as developed and may not be able to uptake water quickly to cool themselves off. Talk about uh, pasture and, and, and hayland and how things are looking there. Those frosts last week were uh, damaging to pastures. They really stunted a lot of regrowth, particularly in cereals. Alfalfa saw some damage, uh, but not as much. It's just perpetually short. So right now, uh, producers are turning cattle out to pasture and, and are budgeting on having some sacrifice pastures that simply won't survive throughout the year because cattle grazing is uh, outstripping the pace of regrowth on those pastures. So those crops or those pastures really need uh, some substantial rain and timely rain throughout the rest of the summer to put on a decent regrowth. So supplemental feeding is occurring on pastures. Anything else to mention? Or? Um, flea beetles are an ongoing concern. Uh, so as canola is emerging and moving into that one to two leaf stage, producers are reminded to uh, go out and go vigilantly and take a look knowing that the action threshold for flea beetle control for a four-year spray is at 25% hard leading defoliation or greater, or if the beetles are feeding on lower stems. That was Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture recapping the weekly crop report. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com and Egg in Motion invites you to join an online session entitled Getting On With Growing Vigilance in Crop Care, June 23rd. Registration details can be found on the Egg in Motion website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, flea beetles are becoming a concern for farmers. John Gavlosky is the provincial entomologist. There's been a fair amount of foliar spraying started. Some people have been doing just their field boundaries, some whole fields, it varies, and some people uh, aren't at the point where they're needing it, so it's a real mix of uh, what's happening with the canola. Um, There's two things that are happening right now. One is that for a lot of growers, it's been over three weeks since they've seeded their crop, so their seed treatment is starting to lose its effectiveness. The other thing that's compounding the issue is flea beetles feed more aggressively under hot, dry, calm conditions, and we did have some very good conditions for them. Now, the weather we're going to be getting today and tomorrow, where we get into the mid to high 30s, that might actually slow them down a bit. Um, Most insects tend to peak in their feeding um, somewhere in the 20s, although with flea beetles, it hasn't been well studied. Generally, when you get into the 30s, most insects, the amount of feeding will actually slow down a bit, but there still can be significant feeding. So um, people really have to watch their fields carefully for flea beetles, especially if it's been 
more than three weeks since you've seeded. Cutworms, it looks like there's been some insecticide applications there as well. Yeah, just a few that I'm aware of. Uh, overall, uh, I'm not hearing as many um, concerns or, or high populations of cutworms as in the previous couple of years, but there still are areas and fields where uh, there are economic levels. So this is the time when you need to be scouting for cutworms. The redback cutworm, one of our problem species, they overwinter as eggs, but by now they're starting to get into their later instars where they do more feeding. So now's the time to be scouting for them. And we also have species that overwinter as partially grown larvae. They should be into their, their, uh, their later larval stages by now as well. And what about uh, wireworms? So wireworms, they're a beetle larva, and they spend their whole larval life in the soil. You don't see the larva come above ground, so they feed on roots and uh, below-ground parts of the plants. We've had a few reports of, um, I'll say, noticeably uh, high levels in some cereal fields in the central region. And the area just... Uh, southwest of Riding Mountain in that area, Ben Scarth Fox Warren, uh, been some problems too, to the point where people were noticing patches in the field that just weren't coming up well. The problem is with wireworms, when you notice it, you really can't do anything this year. Everything you do needs to be done at seeding. There are seed treatments that can be used. Uh, there's a granular insecticide for a couple of crops. And uh, anything you can do to get crops off to a good quick start will help. But they are a very tricky one to manage. Looks like we're seeing some grasshoppers as well here. We are. And um, it seems early. Um, My summer student went and collected uh, a lot of grasshoppers, actually, from a pasture in the central region uh, yesterday. The, The dominant species that she collected was called clear-winged grasshopper. They're a grass feeder. They feed more specifically on uh, grasses than they do uh, broadleaf crops. But they also emerge earlier than the other pest species. So it's deceiving with a lot of our grasshopper forecasting. We're, we're telling people based on our models that grasshoppers should just be starting to emerge. But that model is for a species called migratory grasshopper, the species that we're finding, again, it's, it is a pest species that comes out a bit earlier, but it's the grasses that it'll be feeding at. But do start uh, keeping an eye on the field edges, the ditches, those areas. The other pest species, the ones that the models predict, uh, should be starting to come out as well. Any other insects that are um, a concern right now? The only other thing that we're starting to find, but we just don't know how big of an issue it is right now, is aster leafhopper. We have found some in our sweeps that we've been doing. Now, whether they're infected with the pathogen that causes aster yellows, we're getting that tested currently, and uh, just how threatening this will be, we don't know at this point. There's been a few blown in. We're trying not to alarm people too much on that because, again, we just we have to gather more information. But we're just starting to see some aster leafhopper as well. That was John Gavlosky with Manitoba Agriculture giving us an insect update. Another look at what's happening in the market heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The extreme heat is causing concern for cattle producers. Bill Campbell is president of Keystone Agricultural Producers and also farms near Minto. 
I've noticed here even in the last um, five days that our forage establishments are actually going backwards. Um, I have a hay field that uh, I spread fertilizer on and now looked at it and it's burning up and there's no grazing on it. And so our pastures are, there's limited regrowth limited resources left in the yard to feed the cattle. I would say by the 15th of June will be very, very pivotal as to what what happens, especially in, in the southwestern part of the province. He says rain will be needed over the next 7 to 10 days. And the Canadian Agricultural Partnership expires in 2023. Yesterday, the federal government launched the consultation process for the next agricultural policy framework. Here's Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. As well as the federal and cost-shared programs under CAP, we also support business risk management programs. We are working together on immediate reforms to agri-stability, as well as long-term reforms for the next framework. With the next policy framework, we want to build on this great work and develop a roadmap to achieving a vision of a sustainable agriculture sector. Consultations begin this month and will continue through to next spring. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.